Father, we thank you for today, this day that we can celebrate the risen Jesus Christ. Uh, this day that we rejoice in every Lord's Day, but we are particularly brought to mind uh, on this day. And Father, we pray that you would guide our time together, studying your word and uh, worshiping together in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So, young people, bolt. So I want to look this morning at Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. And we're continuing in this look at the cost of discipleship. We're being helped to guide it along the way in our discussion by Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, classic work. I hope that we are... Uh, trying to stay within tighter biblical lines than uh, Bonhoeffer did, does uh, or did. But uh, that's what's guiding our conversation. And his title of this chapter, well, let, let's read it first, and then we'll discuss what the title of the chapter is. So could someone read for me Luke 14, verses 25 to 33? So this is kind of the central text for Bonhoeffer. And what he draws from this text, which I think is correct, is that when we get to the core, Jesus is saying what this means to be a disciple is a profoundly isolating event. It cuts us off from parents, siblings, Life itself. It cuts us off from everything. And focuses us on a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. A personal commitment to Jesus Christ. A personal decision to lean into Christ is what a disciple is. It's an individual who is engaging the risen Christ. He's called by the risen Christ. He's empowered by the risen Christ. But the essence of discipleship is not to say, how will this play out 
on social media. (laughs) The essence of discipleship is not, what will my neighbors think? The essence of discipleship is not, should I be afraid to pray in public or whatever? I mean, I'm picking that as a random thing. I'm not trying to be legalistic on whether or not you pray in public. (laughs) But but to the degree that we live lives where we kind of shirk back a little bit, Bonhoeffer's point, which I think is absolutely correct, is that the call to discipleship is a call that isolates you and Jesus in a one-on-one command, in a one-on-one relationship. Now, American individualism and all that, we we get that, you know, it's me and Jesus. <laughs> uh, that, that, is, that is certainly at the core of our American individualistic spirit. But that's not the context in which Bonhoeffer is presenting this. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not, my, my wife is not going to stand before the throne of God's judgment on my behalf. And I'm not going to stand before the throne of God's judgment on my wife's behalf. And when I stand before the throne of God's judgment, the fact that my wife made me A, B, C, D, E isn't (laughs) what is going to be written on the wall there. It's going to be me. It's going to be me standing before God. And the implications of that, the implications of that I think are stunning. They're they're stunning in terms of private reflection, private holiness, private responsibilities. But we've got to start with a recognition that Christ's call to discipleship is a call that isolates us from everything around and has us deal one-on-one with the risen Christ. You're absolutely correct. But American individualism, I think, tends to downplay the importance of the bride of Christ. It will say, so when I say American individualism, maybe that's too broad a word. And, okay, so I'll, I'll narrow the term. <laughs> the, the American individualistic spirit, as it is often applied to evangelicalism, where people just think, it's me and Jesus, your preaching uh, is is just uh, irrelevant. A church is irrelevant. The body of Christ is irrelevant. I can worship Jesus out on the fishing pond uh, just as easily as I can in the church. Christ calls us to the church. He calls us to be the body, and and so it's it's part of the call. <laughs> okay, separatism. I will go with. Thank you. That that is a good hybrid term. <laughs> in, in the Bible, you are saved individually to be in communion with a group of people. American individualism is solely about my personal lived experience. It's not about the corporate experience. You have to be saved as an individual, but you have to live out in the corporate matter. So, not not to get hung up on a label. <laughs> What, I think we agree on the main point that we're driving at, which is that we stand alone before God's throne of judgment. 
And that's what Bonhoeffer is trying to drive at here with uh, the, the, the isolating cost. Uh, if, if you look at the cost, if you, if you realize, and I'll tell you as a, as a minister, as a minister, uh, I cannot tell you the amounts of times that this has been a limiting factor. What will my family think? What will my tribe think? What will my society think? What will, you know, what, what are the pressures that are going to be placed on me because I come from a predominant culture that holds to a different viewpoint than Christianity or different religion, uh, let's be clear, that, that holds to a different religion? What, what, what is going to be the cost, uh, to me sometimes personally? Uh, that's the cost of discipleship. And so when Jesus says these things cost and you got to be willing to give it all up, and if you look down the road and you see, yeah, there might be a cost. I'm holding on to a reservation. You see that the enemy is coming. You sue for peace. <laughs> you give up right out of the bat. Because the call is a call that God makes to you, that Jesus Christ makes to you, and the only possibility is to follow. So... I think that is that is true, and and so sometimes, and let me just say this as a yes, let me just say this as an aside. Um, sometimes I think there's a uh, almost Disney-like view of Christians who are living under the cross, like that's where the true discipleship is. That's where the true cross is. And I would suggest that for many of us, our true cross that we are called to bear is not much further than the tip of our noses. The true cost of discipleship is daily time in word and prayer, is giving up something in order to serve your wife. Is, is honoring and, and submitting to your husband's guidance and leadership, laying down your life for your brother, for your sister, reflecting Christ in integrity in the workplace. All the things that we know the New Testament is filled with. <laughs> All those things we know. That's our real cost of discipleship. And how that works out in our society in various areas, I don't know, but it starts here with the individual and his relationship with God. And and so Bonhoeffer then goes on to make the point that Jesus Christ acts as mediator not just between the individual and God, but for the disciple, Jesus' mediation is seen between the individual in the world, those that we engage in. And this is what Christ is saying, you know, let your light so shine uh, that when men see it, they, they glorify your Father in heaven. You are a city set on a hill, uh, the light. We're going we're gonna to get into that in the sermon this morning. But Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, has accomplished redemption, and he has come so that you and I can live out the transformation in our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ. So does that make sense? So so that's the point of this isolating event, 
It's not so that we can, it's not so that we can ignore others' burdens. It's not so that we can ignore other people around us. That's not the isolating event. The isolating event calls us to live into the body of Christ and into community. But at the end of the day, only one person's going to end up in that cemetery. <laughs> and it's not going to be my wife. It's not going to be my son, my daughter, my mother, my father. It's going to be me. This is the only thing we are 100% guaranteed of. <laughs> it's you come into this world and you will go out of it. I don't know the day, the time, the hour, or the manner. But I do know that this is between me and Christ. And and I think Bonhoeffer really drills down uh, on this. So the second passage I want to look at is Mark chapter 10, verses 32 to 34. Mark 10. Thirty-two to thirty-four. Could someone read that, please? Thirty-two through thirty-four. So what is the relationship, what is the emotional state of the disciples, the followers of Christ? Afraid. They're terrified. I think we're preaching the same thing. One a bit more loudly than the other. But praise the Lord, he's alive. Uh, <laughs> let me get back on track. Um, yes, so to these terrified, to these terrified disciples, does Jesus alleviate their fear? Absolutely not. He does not. <laughs> he absolutely does the opposite, doesn't he? He does not alleviate their fear one iota. He's already determined to go to Jerusalem. And they are terrified about what's going to happen there. And he turns and says, your worst nightmare is about to come true. But I will rise again. And he marches. That's the cost of discipleship. He doesn't give an inch. To these terrified individuals, his only command is follow me. And his only promise is I will rise again. And that's what he calls you and me to every single day. 
He calls us into that thing, (laughs) that day. He calls us into that day. He doesn't alleviate our fears. He doesn't take away your worries. He doesn't take away your terrors. But he does say, I am risen. And as our friend next door reminded us, he is alive. (laughs) And the risen Jesus Christ is the one with whom you and I have a relationship. It's the risen Jesus Christ, and that's what gives them, the promise of that gives them whatever strength they have, and of course you know their strength fails. They're all scattered. Their their strength fails, but then his risen strength takes that group of scattered individuals and turns them into these 12 men that overthrew the world, that started a fire, (laughs) that today consumes our planet. <laughs> Use these twelve scare or eleven of them by that point. Added another one later, uh, but but use these eleven terrified rabbits and turned them into those great warriors, uh, those great early apostles, and that risen Christ still does that today. So. Yeah, basically, I just reiterated what Bonhoeffer said. I had a pull-out quote from him, as if to bring home to them how serious was his call, to show them how impossible it was to follow in their own strength, and to emphasize that adherence to him means persecutions. Jesus goes on before to Jerusalem and the cross, and they are filled with fear and amazement at the road he calls them to follow. I just think that's beautiful. But again, I just want to drive home, and, and this is more my addition uh, on this, but, but I do want to leave it at a very personal level, which is the call to discipleship, this individual call. Uh, years ago, I saw a sort of a church camp type skit where there are some young people up on a stage and they're clearly having a worship service and a guy breaks in and he's got a toy rifle and he's got a mask on and he says, are you going to renounce Jesus? And the people go, no. And he, and then he turns the gun on the audience and says, how about you? Will you renounce it? And it's powerful and it's meaningful and, you know, I'm not entirely meaning to knock it. But it certainly drives home the idea that, you know, if somebody bursts through the back door, which is getting more and more possible these days, but if somebody bursts through the back door and asks us to renounce Jesus, will we stand up and say, no, we'll die for him? The cost of discipleship really starts at the end of your nose. That's that's where discipleship is hard. <laughs> that's where discipleship is is lived. It's it's lived in living out before God what He has called you to do in this time, in this place, in this day, to His glory. And your studies. I mean, Paul will say whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's the cost of discipleship. And and it's an unbearable cost. 
it is it is one that we strive for. It's one that we press for. It's one that we desire and pray for. But it brings us to constant repentance, constant leaning in afresh on Him. But it is a personal and individual commitment that is ultimately very isolating. And it draws us down to where are you with Jesus Christ? Are you his disciple? So with that, uh, I'm actually closing early a bit. I had random illustrations and still closed early. I apologize. I'll bring more stuff next time. But... uh, any questions or comments? Or Let's close in prayer. Father, we do thank you for this glorious day. Uh, this, this day in which the risen Christ continues to call us to be his disciples. And even as much as we've blown it this past week and even this morning, yet he calls us still. He covers over our sins. He forgives us and calls us and leads us on. Uh, Help us to be faithful in, in all that we do and say. In Christ's name, amen.